Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that, despite the weather, still plays on to talk exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, in part one, we look back at Chelsea's Conti Cup quarterfinal victory over Manchester City. In part two, we round up the latest news from Kings Meadow and catch up on the latest transfer news. In part three, we look ahead to our next fixtures against Aston Villa and Tottenham Hotspur. And in part four, we got your emails. This is episode 10 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, entitled Snowed Under. Now, before we get started, need your help to spread the word about this podcast. So if you enjoy what you hear, tag us in the tweet, share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it helps other supporters find the show. We would really appreciate your support. Uh, now, joining me this week as ever is my wonderful co-host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Dean. How are you? Very well, very well. Apart from the men's news today, but um, we don't talk about that. Um <laughs> I'm delighted to welcome back to the show for our second appearance, Kerry Evans. Kerry, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, we had to. If you haven't listened to our um, supporters group episode, that's where Kerry talks about her life in, as a Chelsea fan. So check that one out if you haven't already. Um, you'll hear Kerry's background there. Because normally what we do is we get you to talk about um, supporting Chelsea, but we've done that before. So let's not bore ourselves. Um, let's get straight into the game. Uh, last Wednesday, Chelsea headed to the Academy Stadium in Manchester to take on Manchester City in the quarterfinal of the Conti Cup. Jane, run us through all the vital information from that game. So Chelsea lined up for this game with Berger in goal, Miel de Bright, Eriksen and Anderson in defence. In midfield was Lerpose and G, with Kerr, Harder and Cuffert supporting England in attack. Emma used four substitutions, bringing on Guru Wrighton for Aaron Cuffert, Sophie Ingle for Neve Charles and Jean Kerr for Je- Sophie Ingle and Neve Charles on for Jean Kerr and Jesse Fleming replacing England in extra time. That left Carly Telford, Hannah Blundell, Drew Spence and Fran Kirby as the unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 43% possession, 13 shots, 6 on target, 14 fail- fouls, 0 yellows and 0 reds, 3 offsides and 8 corners. Man City, oh, we competed 532 passes. Compare that with Manchester City, who had 57% possession, nine shots, five on target, nine fouls, zero yellows, zero reds, zero offsides, three corners, and they completed over 700 passes. Okay, before we sort of get into the action, Jane, last week when we previewed this game, um, we both thought that Fran was certain to start to continue her form. Uh, she didn't even make it off the bench for this game. You know, Is this another example of Emma putting Fran's best interests at heart and by resting her? Um, I think Emma did well to rest, give Fran a rest. Obviously, she's had quite a few big games. We had Reading and United and she played quite a lot. So, obviously, it was gutting not to see her play because she is on form at the minute. But then in some ways, I'm glad she has been rested just so she doesn't pick up any injuries at this time. Yeah, Kerry, was are you surprised to see Fran not starting? No, I think I'm surprised she didn't come on during the second half because we I think we needed something but I didn't think she will start yeah so let's get into the action then aside from uh, Sam Kerr missing early on the first half had no sort of real chances to speak of uh, Kerry this felt to me like sort of two heavyweight boxers they sort of feeling each other out getting to know how they, each other are playing sort of afraid to throw the first punch in case they get countered and, and knocked out basically um, what did you make of the first half yeah, I think the first half was a KGFF both sides. I think sometimes they are when it's Chelsea, when it's Chelsea City. 
So I, I think it was what we, and I don't think the weather helped the situation with what, how they both want to play. Yeah, um, we did get a breakthrough though in the 43rd minute. A uh, couple of free kick was poorly cleared and the ball fell kindly to Liverpool's who smashed it home uh, despite the best efforts of Barsley and goal and, and Steph Houghton on the line. Uh, Jane, a perfect time to score and a deserved lead for Chelsea at half-time? I think it's always a good time to score just before half-time. I was like in the middle of like making dinner and I was like popping my head like in and out of the kitchen and my dad was like, they're going to score in a minute, they're going to score. So in some ways I'm like, maybe he did like... He like made it happen. He will do. The only in. thing I'm happy with him for saying, because normally whenever he watches a game, we lose. So I have to. I'm happy with him for this one. But yeah, it's always a good time to score just on the edge of half time. And do you think we deserve to have that lead at half time? Sort of the upper hand of that cagey first half. Yeah, I think we did deserve. It was just a matter of time before we did get a goal home, slotted home. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about Liverpool's recently um, from Emma as well, saying that the German doesn't get the recognition she deserves. Um, Kerry, do you agree with that? And would you like to give her some recognition that she deserves right now? I think it depends on who Emma's aiming that comment at. Because when I go on social media, a lot of Chelsea fans praising praise her. So I don't know if it's she's talking about the media or the fans. Yeah, I think... Um, Definitely when we've been doing the podcast, we've mentioned her in bits and pieces, but it's the attackers that get the limelight of the attention every week just because of they're the ones scoring the goals. But she's very important to this team, isn't she? Yeah, I think she sort of replays what Sophie did last year, like just sorts out the back and helps the back out. Yeah, fantastic talent. Um, at this point of the game, you know, it sort of felt like we was in control, but we proceeded to give Gift City away back into the game. Uh, Berger threw the ball to Ericsson, who was immediately under pressure from Chloe Kelly. She dispossessed her and finished well into the bottom corner. Um, Jane, who are you going to pinpoint the blame to for this one? Berger for the poor throw or Ericsson for the bad touch? I think it's a bit of both. I think both of them... I think it was Millie who was the other side of Berger. I personally thought she could have thrown it to Millie. Millie didn't have anyone around her. So obviously Berger for that reason, and then Ericsson's touch wasn't the best. So I will, I can't, I can't blame it all on one. Yeah, so Berger's distribution has been something that I've noticed in recent weeks. But where you win, you sort of gloss over that fact that we're not really being challenged defensively. Um, it was almost costly today. You know, Kerry, is that a reason that we've signed the new goalkeeper, Sekira Muzovic? Um. It's possible, but I don't think so. I, Emma does like having free keepers, so I think, and she might be looking for the, into the future or what be happening in the summer. So I think that's probably the main reason why we signed her. Uh, and where would you put the blame for that goal, the keeper or the defender? I, I'm saying with Jane, I have to go with both. They both have, they've made some errors in the past, them two together as well. So the game that we don't talk about. So, um, yeah, I think it's a bit as a mixture of, of both. That's fair enough. Um, that goal really put City into the ascendancy. Um, Chelsea had Mielder to thank for some good defending after Chloe got past Anderson down the left side. She put a dangerous ball and Mielder managed to clear it away. Then a couple of minutes later, Kelly again got the better of Anderson down the left, went down in the area asking for a penalty. Anderson's arm was on her back. Jane, did we get away with one or was that a bit soft? Um. I don't think it was a penalty. I did go and watch it back when reading through. 
and uh, Jonna, Jonna did sort of push her, but I don't think it was a strong enough push for Kelly to fall the way she did. I think Kelly might have just been a bit overdramatic and tried to get the penalty out of it. I think that's a bit harsh. I thought that there was enough there and that we were lucky that the ref didn't give that. Kerry, do you think if there were fans in that stadium, he gives that penalty? Yes. The City, the City fans would have... They, they would have said something. Do you think it was a penalty without the fans being there, though? I guess it was a push, so technically then it was a foul. Because if that was down in any other part of the pitch, it probably would have been a free kick. But I do think, hopefully, the weather sort of helps that her slide a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> if you're going to... We need a bit of luck at uh, the Academy Stadium for once, so um, we'll take it. Exactly, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, uh, City did get a second goal a few moments later. Um, a corner was not fully cleared. It fell to Hemp, who beat Berger at the near post. Kerry, could we again expect Berger to do better with that shot, or was it just a good finish? It was a good finish, but I think it was a bit ping-ponging around. So I don't think she knew where the ball was at, at the, at the when Hemp got the ball, so... I do think the defenders, again, need to probably take. Should have just cleared it. Yeah, it was sort of unlucky the header from Ericsson didn't have enough power on to sort of clear further away. She was stretching a little bit for that. Yeah, and then I think it deflected off um, Ellen White to Hemp. So, that again, and then it just went in. I wouldn't have blamed Berger for that goal. Yeah, I don't know about you, Jane, but after that goal went in, I felt the game was done and the curse would continue. Um and I was making my notes just watching the game. And 88th minute, we get a corner and I write, last chance, question mark. Um, that corner got cleared to Wrighton, who clipped the ball back into Neem Charles, who chested the ball and volleyed it into the top corner. Uh, what a goal, what a moment, what a team. It was, I know, definitely after City scored their second goal, I was like, that's it, it's over. My mum was like, no, just like... And I remember tweeting on Twitter, I was like, they've got six minutes to turn this around and I really didn't think we was going to be able to I thought it was all over and then as soon as like Neve Charles got the ball and it just went in I was like oh my god I like didn't want it to go to extra time like I said the whole way through I was like I want it done after 90 minutes but then as soon as we scored to make it 2-2 I was like actually I'm happy with extra time now yeah Kerry that sort of never say die attitude is something that instilled from Emma isn't it Oh yeah, I think Emma's like don't give up. Like you're wearing the Chelsea badge, like try like give it all to the end, and hopefully we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, so obviously that goal took the game into extra time. Uh, I think it's only fair that we mentioned that Berger made a you know incredibly brave save and took a nasty um, bang making it. Uh, Kerry, we've given her a little bit of stick. Well, I have tonight, um, but that's the best of her, isn't it? Oh yeah, like. That is the best of her. We all know that she's capable of that. It's just the silly mistake she makes sometimes, but she has that in a lot and she will hurt herself if she needs to. Yeah, it was a really um, good piece of goalkeeping. Um, so it felt a lot at that stage in extra time that it would be next goal wins and it was Chelsea who took the advantage. Uh, some really good work by Peniel Harder on the right-hand side. Her cross was only pushed away by Barsley and it was Guru Wrighton who slid in to put the ball away. Uh, Jane, two players combined in there that I want to talk about a bit now. Um, firstly, Harder. Are people expecting too much from her? And secondly, on Wrighton, it's getting increasingly difficult to justify leaving her out of the team, isn't it? 
I think with the likes of Guru, where we have so many good players, it is tough picking who's going to start and who's going to be unfortunately left on the bench. And I do think Guru deserves the chances, like the chance to start. She's had like brilliant games recently, and on Wednesday's game, she scored one. I think she assisted two, or she might have assisted three. So like, I think she does deserve a chance. And then with Harder, I think where she's such this like such a big player in the world, everyone's like she's got to be on like top form. She's got to score goals and everything like that. But if you just give her time, she'll get the goals and she'll get what people want. Kerry, what's sort of your thoughts on mainly Peniel? I want to talk about Peniel a little bit because you know, I think she has this reputation of being the best player in the world and you sort of expect her to show up, get the ball from the goal line and run the other end of the pitch and just score a goal. But it's really not that easy, is it? No, I think people need to realise like she's new to the league, she's new to the team, she plays in a different position. Like at Wolfsburg, she was their go-to goal, goal scorer. Like you, that you made the team around her. At Chelsea, you don't really make. There's so many other players that are capable, and she's not really playing in that number, like the Fran or Sam position. She's more playing out wide. I do think. I think people just need patience, and but sadly, people don't have patience. Yeah, I think she's actually playing well as well. I don't think she's playing badly. I don't look at her and think, you know, why have we brought her? She's she's doing good. Yeah, but I think because she's got that, got scoring like four or five goals a game back in Germany. People just think, assume she's just going to do it over here, and that's not. It's not. That never happens, really. Or I know Fran ruined that last. They did it a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Um, <laughs> then just before half time and extra time, this game was sewn up by Sophie. Only scores Weldy's Ingle. Um, she unleashed an absolute rocket into the top corner from about twenty five yards out after being teed up by Wrighton. Uh, I think my reaction was holy shit. Um, Jane, what was your reaction to that goal? I can't even remember what came out of my mouth, but I was like, out of out of like anyone, I did not expect Sophie to score at all. But like when it went in, I was like, oh my god! Like it was like flashbacks to the Arsenal game when we beat them four one. But I think like my mum like jumped off the sofa. But yeah, it was. I was so happy. Yeah, the Discord was like messages like, wow, wow, wow. And my, yeah, she hadn't scored then on my what I was watching. So I was like, what's going to happen? And then I see it. Um, Kerry, what was your reaction to that goal? I think, I think, yeah, I think I jumped out of my chair and then I just thought, oh, can you just imagine being there? Because we've had so many painful memories at that ground just to be there would have been amazing. Yeah, it would have been great. Um, and that's sort of the best of... Sophie from midfield that she can score goals like that and it's needed sometimes when you're playing against a good defence to be able to shoot from you know 25 yards out and, and hit the top corner like that isn't it yeah we yeah it's just, it was a great goal she needs to do it more often she only scores great goals for us she doesn't do tap-ins <laughs> well we like them for the um, highlights real um, yeah. after that goal 4-2 was the final score uh, a brilliant win for Chelsea um Emma, great use of substitutions as well. You know, Wright and Charles Ingle all scored. Uh, Kerry, having that ability to change things is so important, isn't it? Yeah, I think it shows why you have a strong bench. Um, and Emma's got that luxury of changing formations and moving people around, and it, it helps because all three made an impact. Yeah, and even you know, I didn't mention her there, but I thought Jessie Fleming did well when she played an extra time as yeah. well. You know, there's so much talent. We talk about it every week, but I don't get bored of it. It's the best quality in, in 
in England for sure, and out there in Europe now, I think, as well. Um, Jane, I want to quickly go back to a stat you mentioned earlier. Um, City completing over 150 passes more than Chelsea. Uh, we're used to watching us dominate teams, being you know the ones controlling the football. Uh, but it's important that we've also got that ability to sit a bit deeper and you know, counter-attack as well. Yeah, I think it's good. I don't think the passes really made much of a difference. And like our counter-attack is good. Like when City scored their second goal, we had like six minutes left and we managed to get the ball back down the other end and score a goal. And I think that's the most important, really, as long as we've got a good counter-attack and we can quickly pick pick ourselves back up and get a goal or get an attack out of it. I think that's just the main thing to focus on. Yeah, and Kerry, that's probably the great thing about having people like Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby, that you've got pace to burn up front. So when you do counter, it's so quick. Teams can't get back into their shape, can they? Yeah, because if... Um... Because you, if you bring them down or you're too late, so yeah, it's important that you have um, fast attacking players at the other end. Yeah, so, so that win means that Chelsea will now face West Ham in the semi-final. They comfortably beat Durham 3-0 in their quarter-final matchup. Uh, that tie is going to be played on the 3rd of February. Um, that's all for part one. Join us after this short break for part two, where we've got the news from Kings Meadow and beyond. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Went to Mo Kings Meadow. It's um, time for the news roundup now. Um, Jane, what's been happening? So there's been a quieter week around Kings Meadow. Congratulations to Sam Kerr, who was named the 2021 Young Achiever of the Year in the UK by the Australian Day Foundation UK. Magda Eriksson and Peniel Harder were both named UEFA.com's Fan Team of the Year for 2020. Congratulations to them both. Chelsea's game with Bristol City was postponed due to the snow. A date for the rearranged fixture will be announced in due course. Jesse Fleming has been called up for a two-week preparation camp with Canada leading up to the 2021 She Believes Cup. She'll be missing a few games before the international break in mid-February. And today was announced Marin has extended her contract till 2022. Um, she said in her interview, for me personally and for the team, we really want to win Champions League. That is one of the biggest reasons I still want to be here because I feel like this team can do it. Um, Paul Green, the general manager, said she is one of the leaders within the group. She has played a big part in the team's success over the years. Um, Kerry, I'll come to you. Um, I'll let you pick one of those news stories and sort of have your say on it, so to speak. Um, which one sort of piques your interest? Oh, it's got to be the, the um, new contract for Maron. Like... I wasn't sure she was going to stay or go, so I'm buzzing that she's decided to stay longer. Yeah, interesting she points out about the Champions League. You know, a lot of players in this team are going to want to win that competition. It's important that they believe that the club is capable of doing that, isn't it? Yeah, I've, but I think all the players know because that's the one thing that Emma, Emma's just obsessed with winning the Champions League. As we all should be as well. You know, that's the one. Oh, left. yeah. Um, we better Jane, be able to go there. Yeah. 
Uh, Jane, I'll come to you. Um, Jesse Fleming just taking two weeks out of the season is a bit absurd like to me. What's going on? Like, it's going to be a run of fixtures where she could play some games and now she's got to go away on international duties. It makes no sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Obviously, she's going to be away for the two weeks beforehand for the She Believes and then their, their um, squad isn't released for the She Believes yet, so she could be in that as well. So to fly back, with everything going on as well, I feel, feel like to fly back to Canada for a two-week preparation camp is going to be tough and with like the circumstances and everything. And she could be getting like playtime here at Chelsea. But I, well done to her for getting the call-up. Yeah, uh, Kerry, I'll ask you and see if you know the answer to this, but there is an international break coming up in March. Why yes. are they not getting together in March when everybody's not playing? That is a good question. It's, I think I think there's some um, UEFA, like Euro games that still need to be played because they got cancelled last September. Like I think it's like Scotland first Portugal. But even though those, those leagues really... Um, confirmed but I think Portugal still need to play a couple of games to get through so it's, it's the UEFA decision I know England have no games but I think they're doing a training camp yeah it just seems one ridiculous to have a training camp international football at this point of society anyway what's going on with Covid and then two to take players out just to go training for two weeks makes even less sense to me but that's maybe something I need to learn um the one I want to discuss is the postponed game. Now, no one can help the snow, but you can help flying to Dubai and contracting COVID and cancelling football games. The show is called Snowed Under this week. We are going to be snowed under in a few weeks' time when there's so many games to play because the weather's going to get worse over the next few weeks. More games are going to fall. Kerry, as someone who's involved in the supporters group, you know, having this many games isn't good for us. Is there anything that the league could probably go back and say, actually, the trips to Dubai, you know, you're going to have to forfeit those games now? I I don't think they're going to do anything more now with they're not going to mention Dubai anymore. So I I just don't know what, what will happen. It doesn't help. It doesn't help the team with the amount of games coming up. And there's loads of teams that are on, I think they're on 10 games where Reading have played, I think it's like 13 or 14 games. So they're, they're stretching ahead with their game. So we, who knows when we're going to end up um, ending the league. It's just like a never-ending cycle of football. Like, yeah. We'll play a new stop. game for next year and then Man City <laughs> will still be playing last season's games. We'll never know who wins this league. Uh, let's move on to some transfer news now. Um, some more outgoings. Um, this time, Charlotte Fleming has joined the Championship side Leicester City. Uh, Charlotte's been at the club since she was 10 years old, but has found playing time limited. Emma Hayes commented on the move that Charlotte needs to be playing in the first team to gain further senior experience and aid her development. Leicester in great form at the top of the championship, and we have no doubt Charlotte will be a great asset to the team. We wish her all the best in the next step of her career. Um, Jane, your thoughts on this move for Charlotte? Sort of almost out the blue a little bit. We weren't expecting many people to leave this, this window, and now you know, that's the second one out. Yeah, it definitely was a shock where Emma said that only one was going. We've had quite a few go. Um, I think it's it will do good. It'll be good for her. To, she'll be able to get the play time at Leicester, and it will like because 
where we've got so many players, it's going to be tough to start the younger players and they're not going to get the playtime they want. So to move to a club like Leicester who are in the Championship and they are doing really well, I think it's going to be a good good move for her. Yeah, Kerry, this sort of struck me as being quite similar to what the, the problem with the academy players had for the men's team a few years ago where there's so many quality players in the team, managers getting them in is so difficult because they can't leave these superstars out. Is that a similar problem that Emma's having with some of these players coming through the academy that, you know, there's just too much talent in front of them? Yeah, I think we did have a history of not even getting the academy players even as far as signing professional deals or even in our squad. So there's been a huge improvement there, but you're not going to leave out a G for for Charlotte. or And I don't think we played that many amount of games for her to play, like, she might have played the early rounds of the FA Cup, but of course we don't know when the FA Cup will come back. She might have got a good game against the um, City Lionesses, but again, that got cancelled. So I think it's a good movie, and Leicester are top of the league, so I'm sure she, she'll do really well over. Yeah, we wish her sort of all the best in that move, and hopefully we'll see her in the um, WSL next season with Leicester um, if they continue their good form. Uh, as we spoke about last week, Maria Forrestotter has joined Manchester United. Um, she made 49 appearances and scored two goals for Chelsea. Uh, manager Emma Hayes said, Maria has been a great asset to the team and we would like to thank her for her contributions both on and off the pitch during her time at Chelsea. I wish her all the best for the future. Um, Kerry, your thoughts on this move? Have we strengthened the rival in Manchester United by selling them, Maria? I don't think we ever got to see the best of Maria at Chelsea because she's either had concussion and she was out for months or she, and then she fractured her ankle. And so I don't think we ever got to see the best of her. She needed a run of games, but you're not going to get in front of Magda or Millie at the moment. So maybe I'd be interested. I'll be definitely seeing how she does over at, up at Manchester. Jane, does this mean that despite Emma saying that there wasn't going to be any outgoing uh, incomings, um, that someone's going to replace her because I think defensively that's the area where there's less backup, so to speak, for lots of Brighton Erickson and Anderson at left back. Could we see someone signing this this window? I still don't think Emma will sign anyone to replace her. I think we've got a strong enough back four as it is. So I yeah, I don't think we will see anyone come in. I will be very shocked I think, if someone I, does. I do think we needed to strengthen defence even before Maria went, but now I think we need to double. We do need to strengthen, but I don't think we will. Why is that, Kerry? Why why won't we go and sign sort of the players we need? Well, I think it's, I, I think Emma said Emma's come out and said there's no one coming in now. Like she's done her business, but I mean that could change. I just I, I think she'd rather sign the players in maybe um, in the summertime. I don't know how many free or pays out contracts that how like, how it works yeah it'd be interesting if we do because she did say only one would leave and now we're on three uh, two permanent and one loan so Emma's maths isn't the best on transfers at the minute um, let's see um, that's it for the transfer news and that's it for part two um, before we go to a break we've got our parish notices to get through uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel you can find us by searching went to Mo Kings Meadow we publish three to four videos a week based on this podcast. So if you want to see our faces as well as our voices, YouTube is the place to go. Uh, apologies in advance for that. Um, 
consider this an invitation to join our Discord channel. Discord is the perfect place for match day discussions and to be involved in the Chelsea FC women's community. Uh, make sure you download the Discord app, search for Went to Mo Kings Meadow and hit join. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. We'll also leave a link in the description. Uh, a reminder, if you follow both the men's and the women's team, check out the main Chelsea Fancast show. They also have a Patreon account if you, you can find it www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you can and would like to help support both our shows financially, you can do so there, but there's no obligation. We love you either way. And also we want to make sure as many people are talking about and listening to shows about this great football team. Um, so make sure you check out and listen to London is Blue, who featured the women's team in special episodes, uh, the team at 195 who do match reviews and the only other podcast exclusively about Chelsea City women that we know about, Franz Fight Club. If there is someone else you think should be added to this list, just let me know. Um, we'll add them in and we can help spread the word and, and get people talking about Chelsea FC women. And don't forget, seeing as Kerry's here as well, the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. Find them on Facebook and Twitter. The more supporters involved there, the better. That's probably the number one place to go to um, if you want to talk about Chelsea FC women. Uh, that is all for part two. Join us after the break for part three where we've got our match previews. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to our next fixtures, starting with our game in hand on Wednesday evening against Aston Villa. Uh, Jane, tell us all we need to know about our opponents. Aston Villa currently sits 11th in the WSL. They've played 10, won 2, drawn 1 and lost 7, scoring 10 goals and conceding 26. Their last five results read as follows. 2-2 versus Reading, a 7-0 defeat to Manchester City, a 3-1 loss to Spurs, a 4-0 win at Bristol and a 2-0 defeat to Manchester United. Yeah, difficult season so far for Aston Villa. Um... Kerry, is this a game where should be expecting a similar scoreline to their recent game with Man City? I mean, you can't. You hope so. It'd be, it'd be nice to have a game that's not stressful. But it's, I think all WSL games are going to be tough. And we faced them in the Quantity Cup last season. And we only, it was only a 3-1 win. And we drew, it was 0-0 at half-time. So they are, they're a good team. Yeah, despite their sort of poor record, they do have quality in their side, uh, most yeah. notably their new sign-in. Uh, apologies if I butcher this pronunciation, but Mana Iobuchi. Um, sounded good to me. Um, that sound, sounded good. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. scored Villa's first goal and created their last-minute equaliser against Reading on Sunday. Uh, she'll be the one to watch, won't she, Jane? Yeah, I did watch bits of the Aston Villa game on Saturday and she did play really well. Obviously, she got She's got a goal on her debut, and I think she is going to be the one to watch in their team. Yeah, I watched their highlights. It was um, funny. The pitch was like green at the start, and then when they scored the equalizers, pure white. <laughs> you could hardly see the pitch as they carried on playing. Um, we expect Villa will sort of sit deep and try and counter through Iabucci, but um, like they did against against Reading, they allowed a lot of shots from long range. So the likes of G and Ingle, they could be key players here, couldn't they, Kerry? Yeah, I think if they if they've got an eye for goal, just just shoot, just and then hope for the best. 
yeah, they seem to sort of just allow Reading to have the ball on the edge of the sort of 18-yard box and Reading weren't afraid to, to shoot and that's where they got one of their goals. Um, perhaps Chelsea might look for a bit more quality in you know, playing the incisive pass, but, you know, making sure you have that option. Uh, and Sophie showed that against Man City that she can score from anywhere. Um, let's look at Chelsea. Uh, they should be a fully refreshed team after that extra time win over Manchester City. I'd expect us to be attacking in this one, Jane. Uh, what's your thoughts ahead of this game? Um, I definitely think we're going to have an attacking lineup. Yeah, we're going to be refreshed after the game on Sunday being called off. And I think I think we'll do well. It's not, like Kerry said, hopefully it will be quite easy game and it won't be too stressful. But at the end of the day, you never know. The game could completely turn. Yeah, one player I think will be given another run out is Bethany England. Um, Kerry, she ran her socks off against City. Uh, it didn't really fall for her in terms of attacking op- uh, opportunities on the day. Um, but she kind of needs to get back on the score sheet soon, doesn't she? Yeah, we all we always know when Beth is on the pitch, she will give 100%. She'll run around. Like, she'll give everything. And I think we're all just, yeah, as you said, we just all want her to get, get a goal because that's what her job is to do. Yeah, so I'll put out my team. Um, I'll let you come in afterwards, make any changes you sort of want to, to it. Um, I go 4 2 3 1. Uh, Telford or Berger, depends on the fitness of Berger after taking that knock. Possibly there's a game for Telford here. Uh, Blundell right back, Bright Erickson in the middle, and Anson at left back. Uh, Lua Polson, Fleming in midfield with Charles G. Wrighton in England um, as the attacking four. Uh, mainly because there's lots of games coming thick and fast, you know, a big game against Tottenham on Sunday. So, you know, giving the likes of Harder, Kerr, Kirby, an extra rest can't be a bad thing. Uh, Jane, what changes do you make to the team? Um, I would swap G with Ingle and let Sophie play. That would be the only change. And I'd say play Tel, even if Berger is fit, give Telford the chance to start. Kerry, how about you? I would probably, I would actually put Ingle instead of Millet and Jess Carter in for Yona. Yeah, I think John has had difficult games recently you know she seems to get targeted a lot and I think that's just because her side of the pitch is left uncovered by the forward rather than her being sort of a weak link um oh yeah that wasn't that wasn't uh, that was just for to give her a rest because yeah. she's played a lot of games I think that's the one area where she's sort of nailed on to start every week because I think the level is is bigger there than perhaps on other areas of the pitch and um, let us know in the comments changes you'd make um, I know I got some comments about not playing or playing Sam Kerr, so to speak. Um, predictions for me, given that team, four 0 would be reasonable for me. Um, Jane, what's your prediction? I'm going with a three 0 And Kerry, three uh, one Chelsea. Three one. Is that because you took Anderson out of defence, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to Sunday's game, um, a rearranged fixture against Tottenham Hotspur. So a re-rearranged game. Um, they've obviously postponed before Christmas due to the COVID outbreak in the team and then moved to make space for the Manchester City um, Dubai hangover. 
Um, Jane, tell us the fight information ahead of this game. So Tottenham sit seventh in the WSL. They've played 10, won three, drawn three and lost four. They've scored 13 goals and conceded eight goals, picking up 12 points. They've won three and drawn two of their last five, which were against West Ham. They won 1-0. Aston Villa, 3-1. Brighton, 3-1. And draws against Bristol City and Reading, 2-2 and 1-1. Yeah, quite the uptake in form for Tottenham after a really bad start to the year. Unbeaten in the last five. They've won the last three, which are the only three games they've won this season. Um, they're without Alex Morgan now, whose loan's finished. But Kerry, this is going to be a tough game against a tough team, isn't it? Well, one, it's a London derby, and then two, as you said, they um, since the new managers come in, they've picked up form, and they're scoring from open play, which was which seems to be the issue before the new manager came. They only would score from um, set pieces. Yeah, they seem to be alternating between a four-two-three-one and a four-three-three, which is very similar to what um, Emma and Chelsea do. Jane, do you just see the teams matching up and, and going sort of player for player on the day? Or will someone throw yeah, a surprise think, at us? I think they will have a similar form. Like both teams are going to have a very similar format. I'll be very shocked if they're different than what we're used to. So, yeah, I see Spurs going with, I think they'd go with a 4 3 3. Now, Kerry, we've mentioned the loss of Alex Morgan already, but you know who else in that team, if any, you know, have the quality to trouble us on the day? I think, um, well, we all, as all Chelsea and we should know about Gemma Davison. Like, she can be brilliant on her day. And due to the whole set-piece situation, Ashley Neville, she's got a lot of goals from, like, corners. So I think she might be one to watch out for if they get a set-piece. Yeah, so let's look at um, what Chelsea can do now. Um, Kerry, I think we're going to go 4 2 three, one again in this game. But So what's your ideal front four? And what, you know, how can we get the best attacking talents and the right balance in this team? I don't actually know what the f- best front four is because I don't. I feel bad leaving one of them out, and I don't know how to put them in the best formation to get the best out of them. So I'm just gonna. I just don't want to leave Beth out, <laughs> but then I don't want to leave anyone else out. I have that issue all. with Beth. I always put her in. Um, I just, she did so well last year, but she's not getting the chances this year, but she's not playing as... So it's like, oh, <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. And like um, Sam and Fran, and then with Sam and Fran, they've got a great relationship, like building. So can you take them out? But then can you take Peniel out? Or can you take Erin out? I just... <laughs> Maybe we should try just and play them the 12. All. Yeah, just play or do we need like Melanie in, in defence? Just pay all the attackers and leave Sophie or, or G at the back. <laughs> Might be worth a shot. Uh, we mentioned yeah. Sam Kerr. Jane, she struggled in front of goal recently, missed a few chances. Um, if you was Emma Hayes, would you play her through this form or would you take her out, give her a rest, let her sort of recharge her batteries and go again? I would play her. I think... Like before Christmas, she was on such a good form. She obviously got the hat-trick at West Ham. I think you've just got to give her time and like the goals will come. People miss goals all the time. But I think where it is Sam and she's seen as so, like this big player and as soon as she misses a couple of goals, it's like, oh my God, she's missed another one night. Like, take her off. But I think you just, you just need to give her time and she'll 
get that goal in. Yeah, I think she links up so well with Fran as well that you know, even though she's not scoring, she's still creating opportunities and chances, which is is the main thing. Um, let me give you my team, my formation, and you can do your changes again. Uh, so, like I said, four two three one. Uh, Berger in goal, Mielda, Bright, Eriksson, Anderson, uh, Leopold and G in midfield with Kirby, Harder and Cuthbert behind Kerr up front. Um, Kerry, I think you're going to make one change, definitely. But um, any others you'd make? No, uh, I think that's a that's a decent. I think you can't really complain about that team. <laughs> I thought you were going to put England in and you know, but you left Beth out there. Well, yeah, well, I can't play them all, can I? Yeah, but then who do I take out? I know I'm let down, let her down. But who do I take out? I'll upset someone. Yeah, I think definitely um, Fran and Sam play together. Harder plays because she's harder. Cuthbert's been magnificent recently. Yeah, that's sort of the one. Maybe you could put Kerr in that behind England up front. But you know, I like the pace of Kerr up front. I think it works well. Jane, what would you do with that team if you was Emma Hayes for the day? Um, the only change I'd make, like I said, in the in the Aston Villa lineup, I'd swap G for Ingle. Just Sophie Ooh. Ingle's number one fan at the minute. I, no, I just I think I think she deserves the start. Yeah, I do think she deserves start, but you can't leave G out. Like this is the thing, like you're always gonna disappoint <laughs> someone. You can't please everyone. <laughs> I think in this game though, Spurs are gonna sit and let us have the ball. And I don't think you really need Sophie's presence in the midfield. You need someone like G to link between the attack and the midfield rather than having you know more of a breakup player in Sophie, despite her fantastic shooting ability. I think she'll get the start against Aston Villa rather than um Tottenham. So She's going to play at some point. Uh, predictions, I think it's going to be closer than the Villa game. Uh, I don't like saying we're going to concede, but I think 3-1. Uh, Kerry, what's your prediction? I'm going to go 2-1. Jane? I'm going to go 3-0 again. Three I, nil. Think, Positivity I think we're going to keep today. a clean sheet. There you go. Yeah. Let us know your predictions, your team selections in the comments. Um We'd love to hear them. Uh, that's it for part three. Join us after the break for the fourth and final part of episode 10 of Went to Mo King's Meadow, where we've got your emails. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the fourth and final part of episode 10 of Went to Mo King's Meadow. Uh, time for your emails now. James, who's been in touch this week? Um, so Sonia sent us an email about the Man City game last week. She said, hello, Dean and Jane, and thank you for your great work on the podcast. Can you imagine what it would have been like if we had been allowed in the game? Remesis in the 3-3 draw. It was a roller coaster of a game. The only thing missing, Neve Charles on the pitch. Our hearts sunk when Lauren Hemp's goal went in and we all fought not again. However, four people didn't. Neve, Guru, Harder and Sophie. Emma said the fresh minds could not be tainted by Man City. They didn't care which pitch they were playing just to win. 
when Guru's insight to flick the ball over the top of the Man City player, I raised out of the sofa and cheered as Neve, as Neve caught the ball on her chest and swiftly rounded it over Karen Bardsley's breach 2-2, just part of Emma's plan. Stage two was a quick one, two, three passes down the line and Harder was heading for an assist. Guru on the end, sliding the ball into, into the net, 3-2. Man City bent over in exhaustion and defeat. This was not the end, though. Emma's stage three. This time, Guru to assist and Sophie with the nail hit the nail on the coffin, a rocket of a shot bending up into the left corner of the net, intense stated for all to see. You go with a plan and execute it, just like Emma says. Yeah, thanks, um, Sonia, for getting in touch. Um, Kerry, she mentioned the 3-3 draw. What's sort of your memories of that that day and that game? It was cold. It was freezing. <laughs> it was freezing, wasn't it? I just, I just remember, oh, that was one emotional, that was one of the most emotional games. Like, we just went through every emotion. We were winning, losing, equalising. I was like, oh, what a game. Yeah, talking of emotions, I felt like I went through all the emotions in this game, sort of pleased with the start, happy with the goal, felt we was in control, disappointed with the equaliser. Then I sort of accepted that we had lost the game and City would go through. Then Neem scored, obviously ecstatic. Then Guru scored and we're happy again. And then Sophie does that thunderbolt and, you know, we lose our shit, basically. Um, Jane... Was you a mixture of emotions as well? Um, yeah, definitely. In both games, I think always when we play City, it's a bit of like a mix of emotions. We always end up coming back from, like when we played them at home last season, we came back from being 1-0 down. And then obviously at the Academy Stadium, we ca- we ended up drawing 3-3. And then to come back to win them 4-2, to beat them 4-2, you just go through all the emotions that you could possibly think of. And Kerry, I just want to touch on sort of the last point that Sonia raised there, uh, having a plan and executing it. Is that one of Emma's biggest strengths, having a game plan and being able to coach her players how to execute that on the pitch? Yeah, I think Emma can see things that we as fans don't see. So, she, And she knows what she's talking about. So you just listen to her, just do whatever she says and it will come off. Yeah, there's plenty of people online that like to believe they're coaches and managers I can be one of them sometimes but um, leave it to the professionals uh, leave it to Emma Hayes uh, if anything's going wrong just ask Emma I'm sure she'll uh, guide you in the right direction uh, if you want to be like Sonia be a legend get in touch um, have your say on the team the show or the latest game you can do so by emailing us at wenttomokingsmedal at gmail.com uh, get them in by Tuesday or Monday if we record on a Monday um, evening at the latest we sort of check the emails before we start and we'll read them out on the show um, and that's a guarantee from me to you uh, that's about all we've got time for this week um, we'll be back next week to talk about those Aston Villa and Tottenham games plus look ahead to our Conti Cup semi-final against West Ham and the WSL game against Brighton uh, Jane a pleasure to talk to you again about this wonderful football team um, it's been great fun again yeah it's been great thank you thank you very much and Kerry, uh, a pleasure to have you back on the show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Of course, it's always a pleasure talking to you too. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow, me at D Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Kerry at Kerry Evans. Is that right? Correct.
Yeah, see, done my homework. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, don't forget, you can contact the show via email and get your points heard. That address, again, is wenttomokingsmeadow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high. <laughs>